Good morning and happy Mother's Day. Happy Sunday. I do have a message for you, but before I bring it to you, we have a short video that is going to feature some of our own little cuties here at the Newbridge IHOP community. And so let's take a look at this video. I promise that it will bring a smile to your face. I like mommy having tea parties with me and I like her kiss kissing me at night. Take me to the ice cream truck to get me some ice cream. And keep it. Because she's sweet and kind. She, I snuggle her and she's really encouraging. She helps me with my schoolwork. I love my mom with all my heart and she is the most awesomest person I've ever seen. And she is so beautiful and kind and loving to others. I like the way who you are and you let us do whatever we want sometimes. Because mommies are your angels. You're the most kind and loving person. I love that she always takes care of me when I'm like sick or like just any time. You are a good advisor and you are really funny. My nice. Walking with you and playing with you. You are nice and special. I love I, she loves hugging me. I think Charlie's is mommy and she always hugs me. Happy Mother's Day. I told you that would bring a smile to your face. That was wonderful. Whoever put that together, you did an excellent job. I think one of my favorites is the, the one who said that moms are great advisors. And they definitely are. They can definitely be great advisors. That was wonderful. And I hope that it encourages you, especially you young moms who have little ones who can really just sometimes we can beat ourselves up for just not getting it right enough for we, we focus on our mistakes. And, you know, children are really, really honest. And you could tell in that video that they remember the good. Children give us a lot more grace sometimes than what we give ourselves. And so I hope that encourages you this morning. So as I was preparing for today, my heart is just filled with so many different emotions, and I've just thought of so many of you who have different experiences. You know, the one thing that we do have in common is that we all have a mom, but after that, our stories can look very different from each other, and as I was praying into this message and so wanting to minister to every heart. And I thought, Lord, how, how do I do that well? And he just began speaking to me. And I have been up in the middle of the night just shedding tears for some of you, knowing what your stories look like right now. And it's not because I'm super spiritual. I just, it's the Christian response and the Lord is so gracious that before he will give me content, he will start giving me a heart for the people who are going to listen to my message. And he sees 
and loves every single one of you, no matter how you're experiencing this Mother's Day. So I wrote down just a few different categories of even mothers that I know personally and what your stories look like today. And I want to I say that because I want all of you to fill the heart of the Father for you today. And I don't want anyone to feel overlooked. And so today, I'm here for you, the women who are moms, the women who want to be moms, and it has not happened yet, the women who have miscarried, the women who have lost a child, the women who have children that they're estranged from right now, children who have moms that abandoned them, children who are adopted, children who never knew their real mom, their biological mom, the men and women who have buried their moms, the men and women who went to pick out a card for their mom for Mother's Day but didn't really know which one to pick out because of the estrangement and all the cards, all the sweet Hallmark cards seem to say something that doesn't really apply to their mom. The women who have adopted a child, the women who have given children up for adoption, and the women who have had abortions. I want you to know that Jesus is coming for, for all of you today. And I just want to tell you that we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. And only in Christ can we do both at the same time. The scripture talks about how we're sorrowful, but yet we're rejoicing. And how do we do that? How can we experience both emotions, but we really can? And I just say, want to say right now that there is no shame or guilt in Jesus. And he has such compassion on all of us. And there is an invitation from him today for all of us to lean really, really hard on him today. If you've been abandoned by a mom or you've lost your mom, in fact, I, I lost my mom several years ago, and I, I go into more detail about um, that in my last Mother's Day message, and I invite you to, to check that out if you've lost your mom, and maybe that would be um, a help to you. But I want to remind you that you're not alone, that the scripture says in Psalm 2710 that when my mother my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. And, you know, forsake can mean, uh, it can also mean death. It's still a loss. And the Lord says, when this happens, I already have a plan to come in and draw close and draw near to you. And he will take care of us in that. If you've had an abortion, you've given a child up for adoption, I have spoken with women personally that I know who struggle with this. And I want you to remind you that Romans 8.1 says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no guilt. The past is forgotten and forgiven by the Lord. And some of us just need to forgive ourselves if, if that applies to you. No guilt and no shame.
If you've lost a child or you've miscarried, I want to comfort you with 2 Samuel 12, 23, when David talks about that he cannot bring his son back to him, but that he will go to his son. What a promise that is. And it wasn't a maybe and that he hoped so. He said he would. If you have children who are with Jesus and you are here and you are feeling that separation, I want you to know that that does not feel okay. And what the Lord showed me that if your story doesn't feel okay, it means that your story isn't over because he has promised a reunion for those of us who are in Jesus Christ. And there is so much hope for you. And maybe you can't feel that this morning. Maybe it's too soon and the loss is too recent, but you can hold on to those truths for another day. And he is so good and gracious to come back and remind us of those things. So for the moms, particularly during this quarantine, I've heard from so many of my friends who are saying, wow, we became homeschool moms overnight. What in the world are we going to do with ourselves? It's one thing to pray into and decide that for your family, that we're going to homeschool and we just know that our kids are going to be home with us every day. We're prepared for that. We are leaning hard on Jesus. And it's another thing for a pandemic to hit and all of a sudden, that's just who you are, your homeschool mom. So I really want to talk to the moms with little kids right now. And first of all, I want to say someone described a wedding the other day that a wedding is one wedding and really two funerals. And as, as morbid as that could sound, I know exactly what they meant. What they mean is that when you get married, you know that you are laying down your own plans, your own agenda, and you're getting married to this one, and you're going to submit to their plans, and now we're going to have our plans. It's not my plans and his plans. It's our plans. And I just want to say that if a wedding is two funerals, that motherhood is just kind of the nail in the coffin that buries your own plans, agendas, and mostly your timetables. And that was something I definitely learned when my kids were little, that they were not on my timetable at all. <laughs> In fact, I remember um, that uh, landing came a few days early, and I remember thinking, I'm not even, I'm not prepared for this. And, uh, I'm, you know, you're not surprised either that he did not care that I wasn't prepared. It didn't matter to him that my bag was not packed to go to the hospital and all these other things. Babies come when they want to come. And in pregnancy, we start adjusting to what we look like, what we eat, what we drink, how we sleep, what we wear. And it's just the beginning of how things are going to look for the next few years. For the moms of little ones, Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you. The Lord loves to give us wisdom about how to parent our little ones. And when you have that little one and you bring them home from the hospital, it is a sobering thing to look at another human being that is so helpless and so tiny and know that you are responsible for this little life. It's the most glorious and terrifying thing all at the same time. 
And every mother knows exactly what I'm talking about. So you bring this little one home and you recognize that they cannot survive without you. They need you. And my advice, if you have a newborn, one of our young moms uh, just this week posted a picture of her little son, and she said, well, he's the cutest reason that I've only had 15 hours of sleep in the last five or six days. And I agree. And the Lord will give strength and grace. You're tired. Young moms can feel really, really tired. And my encouragement, especially if you have a newborn in the house, is to take one day at a time. There's daily manna for being a mom. If you get too far ahead of yourself, and oh my goodness, what if I'm still not sleeping in six or seven months? It can become really, really overwhelming. So don't don't do that to yourself. Take one day at a time. I also want to tell you to take care of your own heart. The Bible says to guard your heart, for out of it is the issues of life. Other translations said tend to your heart. It's okay if you have little ones to take some time for yourself, mama, especially today. If you're a husband and a dad, maybe let your wife have a couple of hours by herself today. Maybe that would be a blessing to her. And particularly if you're an introvert, you're going to need some time by yourself to recharge, and there's absolutely no guilt in that. I was just counseling and talking with one of my friends a couple of weeks ago, and I said, you know, it's really a glorious thing to understand that if you just take some time away, you can come back much better for your kids. And sometimes it only takes a couple of hours to do that, but go ahead and do that and don't feel guilty about it. There's no guilt in Jesus. If you're parenting and mommying little ones, make time for God. I know it's hard. I know you think, how in the world am I supposed to do that? And I certainly don't mean three or four hour quiet times. You're not going to get that. But if you can just take a few moments at the beginning of every day and remind yourself as you ask the Lord to help you get through the day, he will. And just a few minutes before you, you fall asleep at night and thank him for the strength for that day and ask him to help you the next one. He will. And it will be so, so good for your heart. And he will meet you as you're busy. One thing that I learned as a young mom is that my body and my activities could be really, really busy, but my heart still be really, really still and focused on the Lord. And he's so good to meet moms exactly where you are. If you're holding that baby, if you're feeding the baby, changing the baby's diaper, he can come and meet you exactly where you are. He understands that you don't have several hours in your day to sit down and pray in this season, and he has compassion about that. You know, I said that um, you need to depend on the Lord for strength. You need supernatural strength to mommy little ones. Uh, when mine were little, Alicia, who is here, she she was so busy. Um, she just 
uh, could not sit still for anything. And she was actually my risk taker. I remember we bought her this rocking horse when she was like 18 months old. And she sat on it and rode on it for a couple of days. But then after that, she decided to stand on it and see if she could balance herself. And we were constantly having to take away things that we bought her because she wanted to see if she could use them in the most unconventional and very dangerous ways. And the Lord definitely had to give me much strength during those times. I remember Landon, my son, uh, we were at the mall one day, and I needed to go in and get him some, some new spring clothes. And it was always just quite an adventure trying to shop with Landon. And Landon showed up with the mindset of that life is really just a game that he intended to win. And so taking him anywhere was quite an adventure. But I remember that I took him to the mall and we went into Carter's and I had him buckled in his little umbrella stroller. And I thought, okay, he looks confined if I can just find his whole wardrobe in like 10 minutes because that's probably all he's going to give me that I'll be able to do this. And so I was looking on the racks. I can still remember this like it was yesterday. And I turn around and Landon is gone. And of course, my heart went into a panic because in my mind, I'm thinking I had him buckled in his umbrella stroller. The only thing that could have possibly happened was someone take that stroller. And so as my heart is just racing, I put everything down and I go out into the mall and I see my four-year-old who is still buckled in his umbrella stroller, but he has managed to slide out and get his feet on the floor so that he can walk. And so all I see from the back is this umbrella stroller suspended in air going back and forth on his back, and he is headed to the Disney store. And so as I call him, he, of course, at four years old, does not hear the panic in my voice. I hear him giggle, and he takes off running. And so I finally catch up to him as other people in the mall are quite amused by this sight of this little boy with his umbrella stroller still attached to him (laughs) as he's running to the Disney store. I finally catch up to him and I put him back in that stroller and we go home without a single thing bought. And of course, it's one of those where when you catch up with your kids, and I know every parent knows exactly what I'm talking about, you're half scared to death and you're half relieved to see them and you don't know whether to like paddle them on the bottom or hug them furiously because you have both emotions going through you. And I remember when Jeff got home that day, I said, you're, you're going to have to watch Landon while I go back to the mall and get that wardrobe. It's funny now. It was not funny then. It was not so funny. It was exhausting. And some of you are in that season and you are exhausted. And just a simple shopping trip can turn into quite an adventure. And I want you to know the Lord understands. He understands and it won't always be that way. It's okay that you're tired. He can give supernatural strength. 
you know, only children can bring out just so many emotions in you to where you just look at their faces on a day like that and think, I really need a couple of hours away. And then that very same night with those very same kids, you'll find yourself going into their rooms and just watching them sleep because you just want to gaze upon them for a few more minutes. Only the Lord can give us a love for our kids like that that's just so natural that we can feel so many different emotions. You're not a bad mom if you need time away. You're not. You're a real mom who needs to recharge. You know, even Jesus took some time away to get by himself, to get with the Lord. And if he needs that, how much more do I need that? One thing my mom uh, taught me was when the kids were little, I would find myself frustrated. And she told me one day, she said, Amy, I want you to know that your frustration and your anger towards your kids, the anger you feel, will expose your idols. And I remember it just, it just so went into my heart. And so I got off the phone and I said, okay, Lord, what are my idols? What, what is this frustration that I feel and what are the idols that are bringing this up? And for me, the Lord showed me that my timetable was an idol and not just wanting to be on time, but, but having my day planned of what I needed to get done, when I wanted it to get it done, how quick and what order. And my children didn't even know, much less care when they were little, what that day planner looked like. And the Lord revealed to me that I was prioritizing my to-do list over the well-being of my kids. And on one particular occasion that her and I talked about this was I had ran several errands and my kids were really, really cranky at the end of the day. And as I was telling her about this, she said, well, you know why they're cranky, right? You didn't get them home and give them their much-needed nap. You kept pushing them so that you could get more done that day. And I'll never forget her words. She said, you set them up for failure. You set them up for failure. And now you're upset that they're unhappy. And the Lord just, once again, he's so good. He so points out truth and it can be convicting. But yet he's so loving because conviction is always just a chance to redirect. It's never about shame and guilt. It's giving us an opportunity to redirect. And so I didn't do that to them anymore. I did a couple of errands in the morning. I would make sure that they had their lunch and then got them home for their naps. And once they woke up, if there was enough time, we would go do a couple of more things. And our lives and our home began to run much more smoothly. It was simple advice, but it really made such, such a difference in our family and in our home. So 
Yes, so we forget that God sometimes is very interested in our holiness and that he will use our little children to bring that about in our lives. And because we're called to take up our cross and die. (laughs) We're called to take up our cross and die. And there is no greater opportunity to do that than with our children. Because we constantly are laying our lives down for them. And he uses our children to expose our selfishness and our self-centeredness. And if we can see them as these avenues that God is using in our lives to change us, it will change the way we view our kids. And they can be such a help to us in learning about him. Call out the gold in those children. They hear what we say about them. I remember uh, when my kids were little, the Lord convicted me and told me, stop saying you are messy and say you made a mess. It's very different than to put them on a class or just to reprimand the action. That was something I'm still, I'm still working on. But let your imperfections teach your children about God. Forgive yourself. Maybe even some of these things that I'm saying this morning, you're thinking, oh, man, I'm not doing any of this. No, 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 no. That's not the heart that I'm coming to you with, and that's definitely not the heart that God is coming to you with. Again, conviction is always about a redirect. And so let your imperfections teach your children about God. Your kids don't need a super mom. They need a mom who loves a super God. That's what they need to to see. That when you fall as a mom, they see you fall hard on God. And they will remember it. No guilt. Mommy guilt is a thing. And there is no condemnation for those in Christ. I remember um, when the, I started doing this when the kids were little, and I still do this now, that any time I would fail them, I would say, you know, I didn't have patience today, but God is always patient. Or I was late today, but God is never late. And I would point them to the one who will never, ever disappoint. And I would remember I would used to start a lot of conversations with, hey, I know I made Jesus look really, really good today. And it just taught them that, that I was not always the answer, that God was always the answer. And you can use every failing that you feel as a mom to teach your children about the Lord. Also, for the ones with little ones, be all in the season that you're in. It's really easy to hurry up the years or to think, well, once they go to school or once they go here, things will get better. I know that I used to do that. And what I've learned now that I'm older is that, yes, my children did get older, but guess what? I didn't have my mom anymore. And I didn't feel the way I felt at 24 when I was expecting Alicia. 
And so what happens is when we're constantly trying to hurry the years up for an easier time, we picture ourselves in 10 10 years from now with our children grown, but we forget the changes that we'll go through. And now I look back and wish that I had enjoyed those times a little bit longer because harder days came even than what I was experiencing. So whatever season you're in, be all in it and just invite Jesus to be there with you, not trying to hurry anything along, but just taking one day at a time. When they're little, they have this the sweetest little innocence. I know that they're born as sinners, but they they really do just have a cute in, innocence. I love the age, 18 months to three, when they're so funny and they don't know that they're even being funny. And they have all this energy. I want to remind you, because it can get really, really tiresome to hear your name called three million times a day. But no mama that they call your name a million times every day because they have confidence in your willingness to help them. Learn that for as many times they call on you, you can call on God just as often and just as confidently because he is more than willing for you to say his name as many times as you need to. And he will come every single time. Isaiah 40, 11 says, this is beautiful. I just saw this last night. It says, the Lord will gently lead those that have young. Isaiah 40, 11, the Lord will gently lead those that have young. That verse shows me God has a specific love, compassion, and emotion for all of you young moms who are watching. He specifically talks about you. And it doesn't just say that he'll lead. It says he will gently lead. Can't you just fill his heart in that verse? The Lord will guide you, Mama. He will lead you about your children. I've never shared this publicly, but when Landon was a baby, when he was about six weeks old, he began to have seizures. And I have a cousin who has had seizures all her life. I knew what they looked like. And it was so shocking to see my baby struggle in that way. They had begun right after his two-month checkup. It was just a few days later. And around four months old, we ended up, he and I ended up at Eggleston Scottish Rite, where they ran a myriad of tests. They did spinal taps. They did brain scans. They 
they were doing all these things, and, and he and I were just down there in this little room, and I was waiting on answers about my son. And they said, yeah, he, he's having seizures. We really, we really don't know why. And I began to pray, Father, show, show me what is going on with my son. I need answers for Landon. And I'll never forget the, the last day that we were there. They came and ran a brain scan. And little did I know that a brain, much like a heart, will show not only when you're having a heart attack, but if you've had a heart attack that Landon's brain scan, after much prayer and much fasting, not only showed that he was not having seizure-like activity in his brain, but it had erased the fact that he had ever had one. God had healed my son. And I remember I went out in the hallway and I said, we're going home. We've, we've got the clear report. And he said, you actually can't go home from ICU. You have to at least go spend one more night in the regular part of the hospital. You can go home tomorrow. But when we got home, I started really wrestling with the fact that Landon seizures had begun right after his two-month immunizations. And this is not a statement about immunizations. I have a daughter who is fully immunized, no issues. So this, this isn't what this is. But the four-month checkup was quickly coming, and I could not get peace about it. And so my mom and I began to pray. We prayed all week long. He had an appointment the next Monday morning for his four-month shots. And I asked the Lord, I need your help. I need you to show me what I need to do about my baby. We went to church on a Sunday night. I'll never forget this. And I was actually singing on stage. And Landon had really been crying in the church nursery. And so one of the ladies had taken him out of the nursery, kind of out of the chaos, and was walking him up and down the hall that was adjacent, kind of like this hallway, to the, to the church. And as I was singing, they opened the door. Someone opened the door to come into the sanctuary, and I heard Landon crying. And when I did, I just kind of looked around, and I thought, you know, there's like 60 singers here in this church. Anyone can sing this song. I'm Landon's only mom. I handed my microphone off to a friend. I went down the steps and got my baby and went home. And as I was walking into our house that Sunday night, he had an appointment the next morning for his four-month shots. My house phone was ringing. My landline so as I'm walking into my house, so it's 30 minutes earlier than I should have been home, I answer, and it's a, a room mom at Alicia's school asking me to send donuts to a party. So long story short, I begin telling her, oh, normally I would have been at church, but I came home early. That's why I'm, I'm answering this phone. And she said, well, what, what happened? Why did you have to leave early? And I told her. And she said, that's really, really interesting. I feel like the Lord is in this. She said, after my son's two-month checkup, he began having seizures. And I took him back for his four-month shots, and he's never walked again. 
And I knew that the Lord was telling me, don't take him tomorrow morning for those immunizations. You need to wait. God gently led this mom. He is interested in your children. He is more interested in them than you are. And he wants to speak to you about your kids. If you have decisions that you need to make, you do not need to fret and worry. He will give you the wisdom and the direction that you need. And sometimes it looks different for each one of your children. And that way, my children were very, very differently. And God gave direction for both. As our kids get older, I remember Psalm 23, that the Lord is my shepherd and the Lord is their shepherd. It's really interesting. They start becoming teenagers. It's physically easier. They begin to separate a little bit more. And all of a sudden, those days that you so longed for, they don't seem really fun now either. Like, oh, wow, I thought I waited for the day that they would go to their room and just be in there without needing me for a little while. And now they've been in there too long, and I am following them in there to see what they're doing and why they don't need me. (laughs) It's amazing how things change. I tell the moms with babies, like, I know you just want them to sleep through the night. Now I just want my son to wake up. Like, it just, it just changes. Like, there's just something in, in every season. It's hard on moms when our children become old enough that ice cream and cookies and a kiss on the forehead doesn't fix their problems anymore. If you're in that season and just learning that, I want you to know that the Lord has compassion for you about that. It can be a hard season. Usually it's in the teenager's years teenage years that our children for the first time recognize we aren't as awesome as they thought we were, that we are broken. That can be a hard realization for the children and the parents. This is a great time for moms to learn humility, and it was a great time for me to learn how to apologize a lot. It helped when my kids were teenagers to know that I didn't think that I was always right. It helped them to know that I knew I could fail and that I could apologize to them. They need to have some opportunity to make their own decisions and to fail if it's not harmful to them. They need to be able to make decisions to fail. And it's sometimes hard when we have the age and wisdom to know that what they're about to try probably won't work, but they need to figure that out on their own. And we need God's wisdom and grace to know when to say yes and when to say no. For teenagers, if your mom is around, respect her and honor her. The Bible commands for you to honor your father and mother, and it doesn't give exceptions even when they're wrong. As much as we are called to give unconditional love, our children are called to give unconditional respect. We don't think that. It's a worldly thing to think that respect is earned. The Bible doesn't usually talk about it that way. 
The Bible will tell you to respect a position because you are respectable yourself. And that's a hard blessing. The Bible tells us to give that unconditional love. It doesn't mean that we don't correct bad behavior. Of course we do. But we do it in love and we do it in a way that our children know that the truest things about them is the fact that we love them and God loves them. And we, by apologizing to them, admitting when we're wrong, and unconditionally loving through those hard years, can teach them more about the Lord than we realize. Always point them to him. Don't feel guilt over when you fail your kids. Remind them that Jesus never fails them. Point them to the one who will always be there. He is our shepherd and he is their shepherd. On a practical note, give your teenagers space to talk. Something I'm learning. Purpose to have at least one conversation a week where you don't correct anything in their conversation. They will want to talk to you more often when they see that not every heart to heart ends up in a lecture. It will work, I promise. So then they become adult children, and some of you are in this season. And we realize that they are no longer accompanying us on our journeys, but yet they have a journey of their own. And that can feel shocking to a mom. They have their own journey, their own destiny, and separation becomes even a little bit greater. And we quickly learn that the tighter we hold on, the more that separation will grow. It's like the soap in the shower that you keep trying to grip and it just keeps sliding out of your hands. I know from experience. <laughs> this can be hard. Give your children space. Let them figure out how to do some things on their own. It's a hard switch. And if you are one of those children who are now adults and you're like, yes, that's true. We need that separation. Give us our space. Let me speak to you for just a second. It's a hard switch on us moms. We kept you alive. <laughs> we laid our lives down for you when you were young, joyfully. We stayed up all night. We tended to you when you were sick. You've only ever known us as adults, but we knew you in every season. And sometimes it's hard for us to recognize which season you're actually in at the moment. So be patient with your mom if she's struggling in that, in that area. In this age, parents get to learn to just keep giving unconditional love, and children learn to just keep forgiving us as we fail and to give us unconditional love and respect in return. And it's okay. It looks, it looks different day by day, but the Lord wants to help both the parents and the kids work as this transition, transition happens. Celebrate your mom today. If you have your mom still here, call her, honor her. Let her know that you appreciate all the sacrifices that she made. 
Even if it's a simple phone call or send some flowers or make that visit, it will mean so much to your mom. And even if she is flawed and we all are, she still deserves that honor and respect from you. And the Lord will bless you for giving it. Moms whose adult children aren't keeping in touch very often. Remember, it is a season. And my mom used to tell me, when these same adult children who maybe don't want time with you so much get married and have children, they will need babysitters. And they'll call you again. And sometimes they'll need advice. And we all did that as we were growing up, too. We recognized the wisdom that our parents had once we got married and had our own children. We recognize the sacrifice a little bit more. Some of you, this is the last one, some of you are adult children and you're recognizing that your mom is aging and that can be hard. It can be hard that first Christmas or that first birthday We've all been there, those of us who are older, and you look over and you think, wow, mom and dad don't look as strong as they used to. And that can be a really, really hard season. Some of you in this community, our community, are taking care of aging parents, and it's hard. And I want you to know that the Lord sees you. He sees your sacrifice for you to not grow weary in well-doing, that he is honoring the love and the attention and the sacrifice that you are giving that aging mom. And once again, it's an opportunity for us to learn that God is the one who doesn't ever, ever change. If you are younger and you are expecting and have little ones, and maybe even still have a mom to celebrate, I hope that you enjoy today to the absolute fullest. Jesus wants to accompany you in this celebration. And if you are grieving today and you wonder how in the world you're going to make it through this Mother's Day, I want you to know that Jesus is with you. He wants to come alongside of you and help. You know, we are a body. And when one member suffers, we all suffer. I was just reading this week about when we just get a simple paper cut on our skin, it is amazing what the body will do and how the body will respond to that, how it will send white blood cells immediately to protect from infection, and it will send exactly the right things to make sure that the blood clots in the right way. And I remember when I had broken a little toe when I was when I was younger, that, that little toe, that little pinky toe can be, feel really, really painful. And when people would get near it, I would reach out my hand to make sure that they didn't get too close to that little member that was broken and struggling. And sometimes I would use my mouth to say, oh, be careful. My, my toe is a little sore. It's broken. And I recognized that other parts of my body that were well 
were aiding in the protection of the one that was struggling. And I want you to know that if you are one of our members who are suffering today, that we want to be that mouth that is speaking. We want to be that hand that is coming back to say, no, don't get too close. This one is grieving today. Make sure that you're careful with your words. We want to come alongside and help you. Because if one of us is suffering, all of us suffer. We have a part to play. We want to ease that burden. And we want to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And if this is just the most wonderful Mother's Day, I want to enjoy that with you. I want to celebrate the life that is growing inside of you. I want to celebrate the little ones that are in your home. I want to celebrate with you, with the children that are going to arise up and call you blessed today. Because that's what a body does. I want to remind some of you who feel like that you have failed as a parent that God is a perfect father and he has a lot of prodigal children this morning. God is a perfect father and he has prodigal children this morning. Every prodigal child is not the reflection of a mom who failed. Children grow up and they make their own decisions and they make their own mistakes. And it is sometimes through those decisions and through those mistakes that God will show himself so strong and bring them back. There is hope for your wayward children today. There is hope in Jesus. He knows exactly where they are this morning. If the heart of the king is in the Lord's hand, how much more your children's heart. Your child's heart is in the hand of the Father. And he can reach your children when your words cannot reach them. And he can get through to their hearts when your words don't feel like they are penetrating. You keep praying. There is such power in a mama praying over her children. I love the song they did, The Blessing. Mom, speak blessing over your children. Call out the gold. If they're still in your house when they're away, go in their bedroom and close the door and pray over those kids. God hears every prayer that we pray for our children. And there is power in our blessing. The point of this whole message is that it's supposed to just drive us to Jesus. No matter what season you're in, 
if you're in that tired mommy stage, if you're expecting, if you are burying a mom, if you have lost a child, if you have the wayward child, every one of us in every season just needs Jesus today. The invitation is to fall hard on him. And we will go in and out of these seasons. Some are harder and some are easier, but we need him in every single one of them. And our children need to know that we need him just as much as they do. Every time you hear your name today, remember it's from a child who's confident that you'll help. And let it remind you that you can call on Jesus just as many times today and you can be absolutely confident that he will help if you're celebrating today he wants to celebrate with you if you're grieving today he wants to grieve with you he wants you to partner with him and bring your heart no matter what it looks like and let him hold you and let him minister to you no matter where you find yourself today. So I love you. I wish all of you the most wonderful Mother's Day. I say thank you on behalf of every child who maybe physically can't or just won't say it today. Thank you. God sees every sacrifice. There wasn't one good deed that he didn't notice. And he honors you for that today.